we're here. It's three o'clock sharp. And before everybody files in, I'll say all of the wonderful things about Kassa. If this is your first time listening, uh, listening on the recording or listening live, we are the Consumer Advocates for Smoke-Free Alternatives Association. And you can find all of our information and resources at kassa.org, C-A-S-A-A dot org. Uh, opportunities to get engaged with lawmakers, as I mentioned, lots of resources up there, all of the science and uh, commentary. You might want to rebut all of the ridiculous things you hear about vaping and tobacco harm reduction and so on. Um, we also have merch for sale if you'd like to uh, sport a fancy T-shirt showing your support for tobacco harm reduction, saving people's lives. Uh, check out our shop on our website. It's uh, up there at the top, I believe. You can just click on the, uh, I'm quietly navigating to the website here just to make sure I know where I'm sending people. Um, under get involved, shop our store and pick up a snazzy t-shirt today. So um, with the introduction of who we are out of the way, let's get right to it. Um, we have, uh, I, I, I'm actually a bit lost. I, I don't know if we were going to have a special guest today or not, but um, our special guest is actually one of our board members, uh, Matt Cully. And uh, for those who haven't been following along uh, his uh, Twitter, uh, Matt has be become uh, sort of, it seems, a target of uh, the YouTube censorship squad. Uh, and has been spending, I, I don't know how long this has been going on, Matt, but uh, you can fill us in when, when uh, his uh, Twitter, uh, Matt has be become uh, sort of, it seems, a target of uh, the YouTube censorship squad uh, and has been spending, I, I don't know how long this has been going on, Matt, but uh, you can fill us in when, when, when you get on here. Um, uh, has been dealing with uh, strikes against his channel for having uh, a lot of vaping reviews up there, uh, and and uh, you can fill us in on all the details. But the larger issue here, the larger question is, uh, is social media unfairly targeting vaping? Um, is is Matt in particular uh, a, 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 a specific target of, of YouTube? Um, and what are some of the ways to work around this? Matt, what, what are you doing and what are you experiencing here? Uh, and what do people need to know? Um, I'm experiencing lots and lots of stress. <laughs> um, it's It's been an ongoing thing for the last few months. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not out of the ordinary for YouTube to kind of go after some of the vaping channels here and there. Um, there's been a lot of times where there were vaping channels that were non-compliant uh, with their regulations or their community guidelines, sorry. And, uh, but, you know, the problem is YouTube also tends to constantly move the goalposts of their guidelines. So they'll change one rule and uh, then, you know, you fix that and then they'll add something else on. So the, the big thing with YouTube right now is that, you know, they have not outright banned vaping content. Um, you're, you're allowed to, you know, it would cause all kinds of problems if they did, I'm sure. I mean, there's random vloggers that take a vape here and there, like, where are you going to draw the line at? But uh, they've really cracked down hard on links and directing any companies to websites. And so, you know, about in 2018 is when they originally banned, use, banned uh, providing links to, to sites that sell regulated goods. And I thought that that was fair enough. You know, they don't want to be liable if maybe some minor was to use a link that he had in your description to go buy a, an adult product or whatever. Um, and it's the same type of rules that they've had. They have for alcohol and they have this, you know, and for guns and, and other, you know, adult products. But, but then, and, and so everyone in the vaping world on YouTube took all their links off at that time. But now they've even fine-tuned their algorithm to look for vape site URLs in the image of your video. So something that I've been getting hit on a lot uh, is, uh, you know, having a, showing the, the, the viewers a package and unboxing it 
and there happening there happens to be a, a vape site URL on the package, you know, whether it be whatever vaporesso.com or whatever. And uh, and some of these videos are eight years old, and they're they're hitting me on that. And it, they've definitely seemed to be coming at me a bit harder than some of the other YouTubers, although I have heard stories about some of the smaller channels getting hit really hard as well. So I don't want to discount that, but uh, it's, it's been a mess. I've had to delete uh, probably, I don't know, uh, 80% of my videos, 90% of my videos. I think at, at most I had like 1400 videos on YouTube and now I'm down to like 250. So, um, and on the top of that, the ones that I've kept on YouTube, I've had to uh, uh, um, uh, edit them, you know, and you have to use YouTube's clunky uh, editor to do that and take out any kind of uh, packaging that's shown. But I mean, I could ramble on this a lot, you know, more, but I guess where, which, which part of it do you want to talk about first? Well, I guess, um, you know, there's there's some background here and you, you noted this about, you know, it's kind of the smaller channels getting hit. And and um, and I know that uh, I think we've we've sort of talked about Dash Vapes. Um, was from, he's from Canada um, getting hit by YouTube. Are there other, um, you know, other higher profile you know, such as yourself vaping reviewers that that are are being seemingly targeted or is this really sort of just a consequence of YouTube moving the goalposts and catching people off guard? Well, the problem, they're not consistent. And that's the thing is, I don't know if I'm being necessarily targeted or if I just got unlucky, but I'm, I'm definitely getting hit harder than most of the other YouTubers I know. Uh, a lot of them did get a strike and, you know, maybe a few videos uh, uh, age restricted and, and whatnot. But like when the algorithm came at my channel, it was like they did like 50 videos at one time, which I've never seen before. So it, it's, it makes me think that either my videos are getting mass reported, mass flagged, but I still am, you know, that happens to a lot of different channels. It doesn't mean that the, you know, that YouTube is going to take action. There are used to people flagging videos constantly, but that could be one thing. Um, or it could just be that I really, really unlucky and somehow the algorithm is honed in on, on, on my channel. And I mean, I don't know, I'm obviously pretty vocal and I, and I bash YouTube when they do stuff like this. And uh, I'm pretty vocal on places like Twitter when it comes to advocacy and stuff. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that like ants groups are, are, are deciding to go mass flag uh, vaping channels. And maybe I was the first one they found just because I happen to be on Twitter a lot. So there, there's different scenarios why this could be, but this, what's happening to my channel definitely seems different from the norm when YouTube does this and different from what they've been doing to most of the other channels that, that I know of. So, yeah, that was actually, I led into my, my next question about the sort of mass reporting. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I think it's good to, to at least highlight the, the possibility here that um, I, you know, I don't know, it would, would, uh, would antis be, actually mounting some sort of quiet campaign as a, as a content creator, how would you, how would you know, what, is there any, any way that you can tell who or, or what is, you know, other than, than YouTube's algorithm um, flagging your, your videos? Yeah, there's no way to know for sure why you're getting hit like that. Um, they don't tell you, Hey, you know, somebody complained or anything. And, you know, if it was one single person, and that was just going through my whole video list and flagging it. I, 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 I don't think that it would have this effect, but if there was maybe 50, 100, 200 people all going through my video list and flagging them, then it's a possibility. And I do know that ants have, have complained about social media in the past. They've called on uh, these platforms to crack down on, you know, our type of content before. So, you know, while I hate to be too conspiratorial because there's obviously no evidence that that's what what happened, um, it's not out. You know, it's not impossible. It's it it, it could be a, a a potential possibility. Yeah, and there is there is sort of a precedent for this. Um, I, I think uh, I'm not exactly sure which group is responsible for it, but there's sort of the counter tobacco campaign, uh, and I remember a few several years ago. 
um, they were encouraging their volunteers or members or, or whatever, however they refer to their, their folks um, to kind of take pictures at sea store counters uh, of, uh, you know, e-cigarettes sitting on a shelf next to, to candy or something, not behind the counter yeah. in a way that they, you know, they, they claim is, is attractive to kids and so on. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that, that uh, something like that is becoming more advanced. And um, maybe we just haven't seen uh, the calls to action for, for stuff like that. But um, yeah, so, what yeah we're... go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. What, what I was just going to say is what really frustrates me is that they have the, what, what I can say, at least from my experience, is that they hold vaping channels and anything tobacco related, whether it be because there's some snooze channels out there. There's, you know, been uh, channels that have uh, reviewed uh, different types of uh, oral tobaccos and, and and heat not burns and stuff. They definitely hold us to a much higher standard than these other channels because, you know, you have lots of different really popular alcohol channels that uh, are are also beholden to these exact same guidelines. They're they're written in as as being being, uh, um, you know, under those guidelines. But I've seen them where they'll blatantly have cigar sponsorships, you know, uh, uh, hey, you know, we're, we're sponsored by so-and-so cigar company, hit this link and uh, go, you know, go buy their product. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, I, it's not that I want YouTube to crack down on them and ban them too. Like, obviously, their content doesn't bother me at all. It's just very noticeable that they are picking and choosing what, what areas to kind of go after. Uh, they do seem like they've kind of gone hands off you know, about three, four years ago, they went hard on cannabis, but then now the last few years, they really seem like they've gotten a lot more hands off with cannabis. And that might just be because of, because of, you know, uh, society's sentiment towards it, towards it as, you know, seems to soften every year. But, uh, you know, it, there, there's a lot of other different types of vice channels and gun channels and, and alcohol channels and, and what have you. It's something that should be considered, you know, adult content that, that don't have to jump through these hoops. I mean, it is insane to, to give a channel a strike on an eight-year-old video because of a URL on the packaging, you know? And YouTube said years ago, about a few years ago, they said, they used to say, you know, if we drastically change our rules, we'll kind of, you know, we might take down some of your older videos and delete them if they break those, but we won't give you a strike. But now, you know, obviously that policy is out the window because now they're giving people strikes on videos that are almost a decade old. And none of those guidelines were even in existence at the time uh, that uh, I made those videos. So it's, it's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and thanks for, for sharing all of this on Twitter, too. I know it might seem like you're being a little... <laughs> being too hard on on youtube or, or whatever but thanks for you know at least putting it out there so folks can see what's going on um before i, I go to my next question um maybe a, a good opportunity to let jim or danielle pipe up here and see if they've got something to ask um so just before this started i went uh to youtube and searched around just for like 10 minutes and I found all kinds of videos um, <laughs> that um, seemed to violate those rules. Yeah. I just went looking for jewel videos. So there, there are still jewel videos up from 2018 that show kids that look like, well, they're definitely under 21 um, vaping. There are still hot box, the car videos, um, with jewel stuff like that and they hold the package right up to the camera and turn it around slowly so you can see the website yeah and that that's the problem is, is like they the it's it's not enforced their rules just are not enforced fairly and it's like they have this bot or algorithm that's just searching around the site and like you know i was its prey this time and it but it's it was it's just it was unlike anything I've ever seen. I, I've had them attack my channel before, you know, here yeah. and there. They'll age restrict stuff. They'll they'll demonetize other stuff. But it was like my email. I remember right when it started. It was like I was getting an email every like fifteen seconds, just one video after another, after another, after another. Some of them were age restricted, and some of them were strikes. And uh, um, 
at the time, you know, I didn't even know why this was happening. And they, they gave me timestamps on a few of the videos and it was clearly be, <clears throat> because of the, uh, their links policy and in their guidelines, it does say, and they, this is fairly new verbiage, like probably from the last year, it does say that their links policy will apply to, I'm not reading it uh, verbatim because it's not in front of me, but it says their links policy will also do, apply to showing the, the URL on the screen, um, speaking the URL, even possibly like directing some, you know, if I was to say, yeah, go check out this, uh, this e-liquid at VaporDNA, even if I don't say .com on it, you know, that's that could still get me potentially hit if i'm anything that could potentially direct viewers to a site that that sells these products so you know combing through my videos the last few weeks trying trying to find this stuff you then realize how like you know there's freaking some people put their website on the bottom of their tanks you know there's rdas with websites on the bottom of them it's like a mess trying to clean this stuff up for my channel um because I, I didn't even realize how many, you know, URLs there were that were just casually shown on the screen. It was, you know, it's not like my intent was ever to skirt around the rules. They didn't even exist at the time anyway. But, you know, even in newer videos that are only a couple years old, I had to uh, do a lot of editing to them because, you know, as I'm unboxing it, I'll say, oh, you know, this is what your packaging is going to look like. And I'll flip the box over. And there's almost always a vape site URL on there. And and it it almost seems like they just are constantly moving the goalposts in order to try to just clean us out as much as possible to at least be able to delete as much vaping content as possible. Um, and, uh, and maybe, you know, ban as many of the channels as possible, but maybe I was one of the first ones to get hit. It would not shock me if you all of a sudden hear, you know, rip trippers or grim green or Mike vapes, you know, has this happened to them two months from now. So, you know, I'm hoping everyone else is, you know, working diligently to try to clean their channel up too. So um, you were talking about the cannabis uh, um, wave of problems. And what happened there um, is like what you just described. A few channels just started disappearing. They just took them off. Yeah. Uh, and then it happened to just about all of them. And then about a year later, they just brought them back with no yep. one. I know. And it's like, it's, it's, it's cruel to do that when now to a lot of people, they'll think, Oh, it's just a social media account. But when you are someone that makes content regularly and you've spent yeah. hundreds, hundreds of thousands of hours and you, and, and you have this, this overlord called YouTube that just can pull your channel away and maybe it'll come back. That happened to indoor smokers, I think too, a few years ago, or at least on his cannabis channel. And it's like, mm -hmm. There's no rhyme or reason. Then they all of a sudden just put them back on probably because somebody changed their mind. It's you're, you're fucking with people, real humans when you're doing this. And there's got to be like a little more accountability and, and uh, communication. And they know that they, they know very well that they're, that um, the content creators, a lot of them have turned that into full-time jobs and depend on it. Um, so the cannabis people, started something called weed tube when that happened yeah and um it's like a youtube for weed content um i know that there's been at least one attempt to do that with vape um i hesitate to mention it now because i'm not sure if it still exists um but uh have you considered that i know that it would be very expensive to do because of all the um storage you would have to have to do it with a you know a large number of content creators yeah i mean the problem is is like say say someone was to create a brand new website right now that was 100 percent for vape content they yeah. well first off they would have a really damn hard time with seo because it sounds i don't know a bunch about seo but i know that google keeps cracking down more and more on vape sites when it comes to seo and uh, they just recently changed some policy. Um, and so it would be hard to even get, you know, you'd be able to migrate some people for, you know, you know tell people on Twitter about it, tell people on Instagram about it uh, and what have you. But just trying to migrate people to, to a new site is very, very difficult. And uh, it would be a, a tough venture for sure. 
I'm not saying it, co- it could never happen, but it's—it's uh, uh, it's not something that I'm myself am going to undertake. <laughs> the way it was described to me is, you would have to have servers, you know, that would allow thousands of people to watch the same thing at the same time. Yep. And yeah, it, it costs a lot of money to to yeah, yeah store all all that content as well. Store it and and be able to dish it out in large. Not not to mention, you obviously need some moderation yourself because, you know, what if some dude comes on there and all of a sudden uploads porn or something illegal or whatever like you have. So you don't you'd also have to, like, have your own guidelines just to make sure no one's doing, you know, something completely crazy. Uh, and uh, that, you know, the, the site could obviously be held accountable for. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's just it's a it's a can of worms trying to do that. Right. I'm not the guy for it, at least. I'll definitely. It would tell probably morph into a crypto site in about two months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where the money's at. Um, but yeah, one thing I did want to mention is is what what's you know I, I'm one strike away from losing my channel. I'm obviously very concerned about it. Um, and but what's really sad about all this to me is that we're deleting a lot of vape history. I'm not the only, you know, there's a lot of other YouTube channels who know what's going on with me. They're also going and doing this, you know, they're having to do the same. They're cleaning up their channels. They're having to delete some stuff. They're having to edit other stuff. But I mean, vaping's only 15 years old and, you know, uh, YouTube's probably one of the best repositories for it when it comes to information and just, you know, kind of historical content to look at it through the years. Um, it's, it, and, you know, now there's just going to be some holes there that, that you're never really going to get back. That's where vaping happened. I mean, um, it was it was just the forums, which were pretty minor websites in the larger scheme of things. And then there was YouTube. Yeah. People who were looking to get, you know, before vape shops happened, a lot of a lot of vapors now don't don't know this, but. You know, vape shops didn't really um, have a large place in the vaping world until about 2013. Before that, people were pretty much buying stuff online and they were learning about it either in forums like ECF uh, or there were several others or on YouTube. And, um, you know, that's where you found out about things. Absolutely. And like when I started making videos which was 2014, even then it was like the viewers were very uh, reliant on YouTube. And that's why, you know, back then you used to tell, it's not like I, I wasn't getting, you know, affiliate links in 2014, but you were still expected to tell people how they could buy that product. Hey, you know, this, this product, uh, I, I see it sold out on so and so on this other site, but I found it on this site yeah. over here, you know, it was like it was not always easy to find the vape gear that you wanted back then, and like you said, um, there you know the vape shops came later, and even when they came, it, it took a little while for them to build up. Um, and finally, and even, I think late 2014 is when we got our first one locally. Yeah, I was going to say even then there were a lot of places in the country, and there are now that don't have vape shops. Yeah, so, yeah, and know. a lot of those early vape shops, like they they uh, were were pretty sad and they only carried a few products and uh you know a lot of it was dated stuff even so like you know the the vapors online were 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 that were always wanting to try out the newest and greatest like it they had to buy this stuff from websites they they were it was very rare that it was going to be at their local vape shop anytime soon if ever right Yeah, I have to. I've I've done this several times uh, in the past, but it's worth pointing out again that since you've mentioned kind of losing all this history, you know, in 2013, it was uh, I, I I stumbled upon Grim Green reviewing uh, some very basic e-cigarettes, and and it was you know his direction and and uh, the expertise that I found on YouTube that that ultimately helped me stick with the products and quit smoking. Uh, and, um, and yeah, I, I imagine, I mean, there's some sort of, you know, certainly there's the history of it, but there are probably some, some issues here for, for researchers looking at the history of, of how things have, 
uh, evolved and, and even policymakers. And of course, the broader public who doesn't, who has sort of bought this, this false narrative that it's all tobacco companies. But, you know, the, the timeline was there on YouTube about how the product and the industry evolved. Um, so the, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of shameful. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly how, that's how I found vaping too was, uh, and just, I didn't even have a YouTube account. I, I was Googling stuff and YouTube videos popped up in Google. And uh, yeah, I think it was like Grim Green and Phil Basardo back in 2012 uh, were some of the, you know, first videos I watched. And while, you know, if, if you tell a non-vapor right now, like, you know, we're erasing history, they'd laugh at you like vaping history, ha ha ha. But I can guarantee you, a hundred years from now, there's going to be future people that are going to want to look back at the start of vaping and and watch all this stuff and find it probably fascinating. Just like imagine if we could look back and watch uh, watch YouTube videos from a hundred years ago. Be awesome, <laughs> uh, you know, seeing uh, the, the you know the new product being developed over time or whatever. So it's well, you know, right today uh, to to a lot of people it might not seem very important, but I I, I do feel like it's 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 really a bummer that that a lot of that stuff's gonna is gone. So Matt, um, when you said that, it rang a bell in my head, and I just went and looked up. Uh, I wrote an article in 2018 called "Is YouTube Erasing Vaping History?" <laughs> yeah, and I think that was that. You know what? That was when they first started cracking down. Yeah. Um, and that was from the external links. That was when they first started the link policy. And but at the time it was just it was a really easy black and white rule. You you know you can't have any links in your description to sites that sell regulated goods. So um, you know I I took mine out and a lot of others did. But the the, the people that were kind of cracked down on back then they were the folks that weren't you know maybe reading the guidelines as much and uh, and still had links. It was they, they YouTube made more sense then. There was you know you knew why they were doing what they did and like. You know, obviously, I didn't want to see any vape channels get banned or whatever, but like you knew exactly like I could look at their channel. If they told me, hey, I got a strike on YouTube, I could look at their channel for for 10 seconds and I could say, hey, you probably got to, you know, you have a link to this in your description. You're also, uh, you know, you have a little uh, clickable link up in your corner to go to the next video, which that also is promoting products and, and has a link in that. So I could at least explain that to people. But now it's like it's like this algorithm's gotten so mysterious and it's like, what's it going to go for next? I mean, I never would have guessed that like they were going to, you know, the, the way they were going to hit us was because you had, you know, a vape site URL on the package of the, the box you're, you're opening up. I mean, it's, it's really gotten nitty gritty now. So, you know, what, what's the next thing that they could potentially hammer us for? That if, seems, I, if I even keep my channel. <laughs> that seems like they're stretching for things to, absolutely yeah and 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 again like there's plenty of other types of channels that that have stuff like that that they haven't cracked down on i mean and if you think about the rule even like a vlogger that has nothing to do with vaping could accidentally walk in front of a a jewel billboard or you know something else where there's maybe a url or a company you know you know, go to something, something website, like they could easily violate the rules too. There could be alcohol with a link, you know, something like that behind them. Like anything in the image now that, that, uh, that would urge someone or make someone want to go check out a website that sells regulated goods could, could be at risk to get a strike. Yeah. So one of the, I know that you've, you've talked about the, um, uh, the the clunky editing uh, tool that 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 YouTube I guess requires you to use. I watch a lot. My my mental floss at the end of the night is uh, fail videos, and I've noticed in some of these compilations that you'll see uh, entire clips blurred out or you know people's faces blurred out. Is that is that part of the editing tool? And is I mean is that something that you're sort of expected to do over these URLs or, or other images of product or whatever? You, they, I don't, that could have just been somebody that was already editing it maybe before they even uploaded it. They didn't want to have those faces in the, in the screens, but yeah, or on the, in the image. But yeah, after the fact, YouTube has an editor where you can go in and you can either cut sections out or you can blur stuff. 
but in order to do it, it's, it takes a lot of time and, uh, and, uh, then they have to reprocess the video and basically they look, they look over it again and that takes time. And there's, it, it, it will only let me do six or seven at a time. Then I have to wait for them to be processed and then I can do them over. So if I was to try to just, if I, let's say I would have kept my whole 1400 video catalog up on YouTube and I just went through and tried to cut out every single, you know, spot that would, that I, that had a URL in it and I blurred other things out. I mean, this, it would take me months. So, and you know, I basically had two weeks of my YouTube restriction to fix all this stuff. And the only way to fix it was by deleting a good portion of it. That is, there was just no other way. That's brutal. I know, Danielle, you, you unmuted there for a second. Did you want to jump in here? Yeah, I kind of just wanted to, you know, point something out and sort of expand on, you know, what you guys have, have already said, which is essentially, you know, the fact, this idea of erasing, you know, the history of vaping. I think that our community and this industry in particular is so acutely sensitive to that because of the nature of the industry, right? Which is that it was consumer driven, consumer innovated, consumer created. You know, these weren't, as you were talking about, these aren't massive tobacco companies who created vaping like that, that, you know, myth is kind of perpetuated in this space. It was individual people. And, you know, because YouTube is what YouTube is, it's so prolific, right? It's the most popular. That's why it's so difficult to, you know, for anybody to compete with it because it has such a built-in user base. That is naturally and organically where this history sort of happened. And the danger here is that, you know, because they're a private company and they're able to, you know, on the drop of a hat, change their terms of service and do whatever they want, essentially, they have the power to completely potentially erase the history, the rich and, you know, amazing history of this industry and of this community and where these products came from. And part of that makes me wonder, and I don't know if this would be getting us off topic or opening up a can of worms, but could an argument be made for the fact that, you know, that is such a massive responsibility at this point, you know, the ability for one private company to completely, you know, erase the entire history, you know, 15, 20 years of this incredible product that has been innovated, does that, you know, warrant a different kind of regulation, right? And there's been this conversation, right, about social media platforms as publishers or regulations, you know, related to them. But this, you know, seems like an opportune moment to mention, like, is there a greater responsibility here? And do they need to be held to higher standards because of the power that they can wield? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And, um, it, well, thank God for ECF because ECF will at least always be there, hopefully, because there's a lot of history on, on electronic cigarette forum as well. But uh, the um, we also saw it on Facebook. I mean, where you had so many different Facebook groups have been erased from the, the good old days of vaping, too. And, and and yeah, I think you're absolutely right where it's it's a this was a really special thing that was user driven and it doesn't happen all the time and and you know if you do erase those first few years it's really easy for future people to just think that vaping was a big tobacco invention and you know people like han lick and then you know all the people on ecf and and whoever could just be like a little blip but really you know it's just looked at as and you know a new big tobacco product which which is unfortunate um and i i've i've always had a problem with social you know wait not even focusing on the vaping issue but just in general when you have obviously you know some uh uh technocrats that you know that are very powerful and, and they're able to uh you know have say over over such a powerful thing um like like content and history there there should be more regulations and i'm sure there's other things that have kind of been born on the internet on youtube and stuff as well that you you would want to safeguard uh, you know not just vaping but there's probably other things that have were kind of birthed on youtube and and you and are a great history lesson of uh, of the progress so the fact that you know just some algorithm or some random um um content uh moderators in an office in youtube can just go through and 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 uh play god on this stuff is is definitely uh uh worrisome yeah the problem is that uh 
the people who would be writing the regulate or writing the legislation that you know defines what you YouTube can do are the same people who want vaping you know burned and thrown in the ocean absolutely and that's that's always been the, the counter argument to something like uh, you know make making social media platforms a utility or something where it has right. more government control is like do you really trust the government to do a better job or you know are they going to pick and choose you know what they want history to show as well so there, there's no easy answers when it comes to social media and it's a bigger issue much much bigger issue obviously than than just vaping um as to how it 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 should be regulated and and the future of it yeah i think they should have an independent like body created that is anthropologists right not politicians not you know historical people anthropologist people who like weigh in and decide like this could be incredibly important for you know human history and we that would be the only you know i think potentially unbiased way to do that you could could try to do what the internet archive has done uh with the wayback machine and just make a system for permanently archiving everything yeah and i think they have to also i mean for because social media keeps getting older and older and older, you know, many of these platforms have been around for a decade plus now. I think there also needs to be a conversation around the fact that like society changes. And so there might be some things that are offensive on the internet that were put on there 12 years ago. Maybe somebody said something that wasn't, you know, maybe they use the wrong term for, for something that, that is, is now offensive or whatever. But I think context needs to be taken as to like, what was it like at the time? Because it is history and uh, there's going to be people hundreds of years from now looking back at this, just like how we have books that were written a hundred years ago that might have certain words and verbiage that aren't kosher to use now, you know, we're really easy to, or, you know, society understands that and they understand, Hey, you know, this was, it was, it was about, it was a certain era and this is just historical content. Sure. That there's none of that on the internet yet, and that's probably going to be another thing because you know, just think 50 years from now, there's a lot of things that we we're saying now even that could be potentially, you know, not PC or we we something was wrong. Maybe there's some new new uh, new uh, historical breakthroughs or whatever. So people are saying you know things that aren't true anymore. Who knows? But it doesn't mean you just take it all down, you know, because that's part of you know our history. That's that was a stepping stone to where we are in present day what's amazing is that um the people who want to ban things change over time so the people who wanted to ban huckleberry finn 50 years ago because huckleberry finn was um you know freed um his slave jim are totally different from the people who want to ban it now because it has the n-word in it well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think oh. there's, there's a few different groups of, of people that want to, that want to right. ban things. You definitely. Yeah. Outright racists and, and progressive anti-racists can get together and ban a book. So best to have some kind of an archive that is not a non-denominational system for keeping things. Like, um, yeah. like Danielle said, some, some archaeology or some, um, what did you say? Anthropologist. Anthropologist, yes. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we've definitely we've gone a little off topic, but it's it's still it's it. You can't help but look at the broader issue of social media in general, um, and and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, it's we all kind of take it, you know, some of the the freedoms for granted now, but they could they could get stricter and stricter. I mean, at some point. Twitter could say, you know, that, that they could go up, come after some of us for for making claims that, uh, you know, uh, maybe the American Cancer Society says isn't true. So then Twitter says, you know, decides to ban us for spreading misinformation, you know, or, so or like flag each tweet with a big. A yeah, big... exactly. Put, put like a warning on it or something. So like it's it there's definitely a broader discussion to be had and it, it's the youtube stuff's just the uh, the tip of the iceberg yeah i i think that this is going to get worse and worse and you you're right about that and i'll tell you what the people who hate vaping are not any kind of lovers of free speech 
So you're not going to have uh, Matt Myers and his crew defending, you know, saying that they'll they'll defend to the death your right to say what you want about vaping. They would yeah. just have your, your speech gone. And that's the problem is like, it's just, uh, it's, uh, sorry, I had a brain fart there. I had to leave, leave the, the room. My, my, um, the dogs just came in and started barking. What was I going to say? Oh, I forget. It'll come back to me. <laughs> well, the, the, the summary that I got here was, you know, um, I, I don't think that we're getting off topic at all. And, and, and as you all have pointed out, you know, I think it's no matter what anyone is, is talking about, um, you know, we may feel free to express our ideas now. But as soon as, um, you know, depending on who's in power and depending on what they find morally or politically objectionable, um, we can very easily become the targets of, of censorship or, um, you know, platform crackdowns. Um, and yeah. so it, it, it's, it is, it is a much larger issue. If, if it can happen to this, it can happen to pretty much anything. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say now. It, it's, uh, I've, I've seen interviews with some people that work at, so, at social media companies, even like Jack, when he was, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, Twitter and like, they don't necessarily want this responsibility. Some of them want, you know, maybe some clear government guidelines and stuff because they do feel like they're having to play God. And so, yeah, like, let's say you have, you know, American Cancer Society, uh, Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, Heart and Lung, all those, and they all say, hey, hey, Twitter, you know, we're going to throw a, a fit and start bashing you unless you start doing something about these pro-vapers on Twitter that uh, are... are that we think are spreading mistruths, you know, what's Twitter going to do? Like whose back are they going to get? Like who has more power really? That's who they're going to bow down to. So they, they're kind of beholden sometimes to the, to the public pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, I, oh, Go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say that the trick of the tobacco control people is, is to make the media believe that their positions are public positions, that, that there is like a public outcry about this stuff. There's not. It's strictly a, a um, synthetic um, panic. And if they, they only keep their, um, their thing alive by constantly creating um news stories about how it's a serious issue. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting um, off track here. No, I, it, they're, they're really good at making themselves seem bigger than they are and making it seem more grassroots than it is for sure. And sure. so, yeah, I mean, you know, even remember back when people were talking about folks voting on, on the vaping issue, whether voting, you know, they they hate vaping and so they vote for somebody that wants to ban it or they they like vaping so they vote for somebody that's that's more pro vape or whatever yeah. you know those i think that anyone the people that are going to vote on the vaping issue because they hate vaping are just so small <laughs> i mean even somebody even a mom that's concerned about it has other bigger issues that that are on the top of on the top of mind so it's just always been laughable to me to, to think that they have like some type of massive movement and that they should be feared in that way. Uh, it's a handful of people. And in yeah. fact, the, the larger tobacco control movement is a handful of people and they, they all serve on each other's boards. So, um, but they, they really, that is their whole thing is to, is to try to make it seem like it's a large grassroots outcry about some about a big problem. When you look at those um, election year polls, the, every newspaper has these every election year. What are the top issues? And if you find the the list where they just ask people, what are the top? What are your top issues? They don't give them a checklist and have them check them off. They're just asking them. And if you find the full list that goes down and has like the top. 25 or the top 50 issues vaping is never on it yeah. tobacco 
people is never on it. It's not something people think about. Yeah. Another thing that's, that's, you know, that bugs me about this too, is that a company like YouTube has access to all the analytics. They can see even more than I can see, but they can clearly see what kind of, you know, um, underage viewership they, you know, is, is flocking to my account. Now, obviously that doesn't mean there aren't some teens out there that lie on their account and say they're 25 or whatever, but you know, most of them don't because there's not really a reason to on YouTube. Most of the content they want to watch is age restricted, you know, anyway. So, um, but my point is, is that I very consistently have had two to 3% underage viewership, like the whole time I've been on YouTube. Now, two to 3% is way, way under the threshold when it comes to adult advertising. Like I worked in print media and uh, I also, I've I've done, you know, quite a few uh, marketing courses and stuff like that. The industry standard is usually 15%. So like if you have like 15, if 15% or more of your, of your eyeballs watching that TV commercial or reading your magazine or whatever um, are, are, or if 15, if more than 50% are minors, then you shouldn't have that adult, you know, style advertisement or whatever. So to act like a YouTube channel, like mine or like Nick, who I, who I saw showed up or, or any of the other, you know, main uh, YouTube channels are, are a problem when it comes to, when it comes to teens, YouTube could easily look in, in their backend and see that, that it's a totally made up problem that doesn't exist. You know, they could, they could, easily just say that these guys don't have a teen viewership problem. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to uh, uh, try to ban them or whatever. It's, a, it's an interesting point about the, the kind of threshold of, of uh, viewers under age, uh, viewers, readers, whatever attendees at a sporting event um, and, and, and marketing standards. I was, I spent a little bit of time yesterday kind of reviewing marketing standards for cannabis. Um, and I think it was New York. I apologize if I'm misspeaking, but um, some of the marketing standards that I had seen, and this may have been just for medical cannabis, um, but uh, 30% was the threshold. So not more than 30% of viewers, readers, attendees at a sporting event um, can be under the age of 21, I believe, uh, in order for a company to, to advertise or sponsor an event. Um, but I, I, it, as, as you mentioned, Matt, I think 15% sounds a lot more consistent um, with what I remember hearing from you know people testifying in front of Congress. Yeah, and stuff I, I know 15% is like a for sure thing with like magazines and cigarette ads. Like, you, you know, if you're going to put a because I print, I think cigarettes can still advertise in print. If, if that, I don't think that's changed. But uh, I know that they they have to the you know the law I believe is is like the view the minor viewership has to be under fifteen percent uh, for them to be allowed to advertise in that magazine. And what seems crazy to me is that you know I would imagine that uh, you know instead of finding these videos on YouTube, for example, underage you know people are more likely to be exposed to adult only products right and you could call it marketing you could call it exposure whatever it is through you know more normal avenues like shows or movies or things like that and i'm not here to say that that should be regulated as well that's not what i'm saying but it seems sort of ridiculous to imagine you know what i mean like you know the new hbo show euphoria right you you know showing all of these different things probably i would imagine has more of an effect than Matt's YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems sort of ridiculous when you kind of put this into context, assuming that that is their motivation for, you know, blacklisting, striking, et cetera. Right. And I mean, it's, uh, it, how is I going to word this? Yeah. I mean, okay. My, my daughter who's 16, knows quite a few kids at school that vape um and you know none of them are watching they're not watching reviews on these products if anything works with them it's going to be more lifestyle stuff maybe somebody they like on tiktok did one tiktok where they did a dance and they took a pop or whatever maybe that will influence them a bit but really it's just you know seeing other kids do it at school and having other friends that do it it's not like anybody wants to watch my boring 40 year old 
chubby bald ass you know breaking down how this mod and tank works or or you know how this new pod system uh operates and talking about the the technicals of it i don't think most of them really give a shit about that stuff it's it's more so the nerds like me that that uh you know are into gadgets and have have been in in the the vape world for quite some time yeah i think that um the the more kid focused um social media apps are more likely to be influential that way but i don't think i think you're right that nothing is influential making kids vape except their friends and it's it was the same with smoking i mean i you know i grew up in the 60s and i started smoking in 1973 or four when there were still cigarette ads everywhere and uh you know, it wasn't the cigarette ads that got me to start smoking. It was my friend who had a pack of cigarettes. So. And when I was growing up, cigarette ads were pretty much non-existent and I still began smoking. So, you know, obviously these are anecdotal, but I think there's a larger argument here that people have this, you know, notion that, oh, we have to shield the children and protect them from ever seeing anything that they might, you know, that's not how you do this. It's the same with drugs, alcohol, you know, smoking, any of this, like pretending that it doesn't exist and trying to shield them from ever seeing it is far less effective, right? It's, it's like the same concept with abstinence only sex education, right? Give right. people truthful, helpful, accurate information that keeps them safe, but also exposes them to the realities of the world. And that's where you're going to get, you know, kids making smart decisions, right? Not just trying to erase yeah. the existence of it. Exactly. If anything, if anything, I bet you some like my videos deter kids from from vaping. I mean, no, it's not like any kid wants to be like me. I'm I'm a dad that wears New Balances. Like, I agree. For, they wanted the to first... do a a really good anti vaping ad. They should let me do it. Yeah, me and Jim in a video, and they'll never want to vape. <laughs> like, that's it's definitely not cool. No, but I mean, I was talking to somebody else about this yesterday, and they, they brought up you know how the UK's approach was so much different and part of the, you know, we've had this conversation before offline, I'm sure, but how, you know, part of the, their, the way that the Royal College of Physicians in public health England, you know, promoted vaping in kind of a clinical boring way made it uncool. And so, you know, the, yes, there's still minors that vape in, in the UK, but they, they, the numbers show that they weren't, you know, they're at least they collect their data differently. They aren't viewed as having the vaping problem that the U S had at least. And so, you know, the difference there is, is just, they, they, they made it uncool. Meanwhile, in the U S I mean, you know, kids watch anti-vaping ads where they're, they're going to have worms crawling through their skin and all kinds of things that aren't true. And uh, it's totally like the war on drugs ads that we grew up with um, that we all knew were, were, fake and bullshit too so i mean the, the if if the goal here in this country is to get minors not to vape we are definitely doing it completely wrong right yeah and 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 i think you know i first of all it's it's not just anecdotal everything that you guys were talking about i think i, I i've been reading um something uh, I, I don't know if it's the more mortality and morbidity weekly or if it was something from NASM, whatever it is, you know, the most recent National Youth Tobacco Survey data from 2021 showing that, um, you know, the the biggest reason for kids choosing to vape is because a friend does it. And, and this is something that we've all known from our own experiences um, and, and nowhere actually in sort of the top five reasons is flavors or I saw some bald guy on YouTube promoting the product. It was all my friends were doing it. Um, and the other thing about this was and then to kind of touch back on something jim said i know we're running close to the end of the hour here but um you know the voters paying attention to smoking or tobacco use as an issue um i i i don't know that that tobacco was really ever a top priority for for voters maybe maybe back in the 60s and 70s when when things blew up and people started to become concerned or the 90s and you know kind of the the peak moral panic about it which we may be seeing a resurgence to that of course um but it you know for the most part this is not a white people problem anymore it's not a straight white you know middle class issue anymore it's it's to some extent largely unseen because it is people on the low income 
side of the spectrum. It is people with mental health conditions. Uh, it, it is uh, black and brown communities. And so it, it doesn't have that visibility that it used to. It's no longer socially acceptable in, in straight white people culture. Uh, and so it, it probably seems, it probably is somewhat invisible to a, a large swaths of the country. So anyway, um, <laughs> I have to be doing some thinking about that myself. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking on a panel later in the year, and the forgotten smoker is is the is the topic. Um, so, so it's a, it's a good argument um, that uh, vaping isn't an issue. It only it only became a big issue because it was, um, you know, white middle class people doing it. Um, but in fact, the smoking, smoking is not even a particularly <clears throat> a problem in black and brown communities. They smoke less than white people do. Um, it's just gay people and <clears throat> indigenous as well. Indigenous is the top smoking. You're correct. You're correct. Um, indigenous people, um, LGBT people, and people with mental cool. illness. Are the and, and it's very class class related still for sure it, it totally is so it's basically it's among the groups of people that rich white people want to take care of it's also the groups of people that uh, rich white people have uh, most consistently discriminated against throughout and history related. yeah they, they <laughs> want to so, they want to take care of them at an arm's distance you know, yeah it's you know, all of this going after, you know, the, the content on YouTube, content on social media, marketing and so on. Uh, I think, you know, and as we've as we've noted, 20 years from now, even 10 years from now, researchers and, and concerned human beings are going to want to look back on this history and figure out where we went so wrong, because all of the actions that we've seen are largely targeted at marketing or reducing access while all of the underlying issues that motivate, that actually do motivate people to seek out substance use, including tobacco and nicotine, um, to alleviate how, how horrible they feel, even if it is fleeting and temporary, all of the underlying things are not being sufficiently addressed. But people can pat themselves on their back and say, oh, well, you know, we took down a YouTube channel, so we've done some good. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think hopefully in short order, we will come to that conclusion and, and realize that there are better ways to address the issue than censorship. Um, but for the time being, and to kind of round things out, um, Matt, I know that you've kind of had to, to, to shuffle things around and you've had to take steps in order to sort of, you know, keep your reviews going. And, and this, this is an income generator for me, for you, if, if I'm correct. So when you're posting new content on other social media platforms, do you have more tools at your disposal to make sure that that that, that content is age gated? Uh, and, and have you had to take, you know, the the lessons you've learned from YouTube restrictions and apply them there? Or, or um, essentially, you know, the question ultimately, the question is, are you able to successfully put things over on other social media platforms? Uh, and do you have more confidence that, that those things will will uh, abide by um, uh, the, the, the rules over there? I, I don't have confidence in any social media platform, even the ones that profess to be for free speech. I mean, they could for, first off, you know, a lot of people are like, go to Rumble, put, put, put your whole catalog of videos on Rumble. Well, first off, there's a really good chance over 50 percent that Rumble won't exist in two years. You know, and there's been a lot of fly-by-night video, uh, 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 you know, uh, or whatever you'd call them, social media video companies that have come and gone. And uh, it takes a lot of money and uh, and a lot of uh, luck and and work to uh, to succeed. So, you know, even if you even if you think like, hey, I'm going to this free speech platform or whatever, and they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything about my content. One, they they might not always be there. Two, you know, I don't necessarily like feel like I, I I'm stubborn. I don't think that vaping is extremist content. So I don't necessarily want to put my content on a site that allows people to say the N word or freaking say whatever the hell they want. 
and, or, you know, spouse some kind of extremist ideology, whether it be left, right, or wherever, um, you know, just, you know, just so I have a place to put my videos. I'm just, I would rather quit before then, to be honest with you. I'm not going to go and, and make that my new home. So, um, you know, I've, I've used, I've put content on Instagram. I put content on TikTok, which a couple of years ago, I never would have used TikTok, but now every single 40 year old I know that I'm friends with is watching TikTok more than YouTube. And what I've noticed about TikTok is that they're out while they don't have a blatant age gating system, their algorithms pretty good. Like the first couple of days it was, you know, I started uploading stuff there. It was like, they're sending it out to everybody, but then it seems like they've done a, it does a really good job at like whittling it down and finding out who your audience is. And now I, they, you know, they've kind of paired me in with like, cannabis content, adult content, alcohol content, uh, uh, you know, tobacco content. And I'm fine with that. Like, you know, you could, if you want to kind of pair me up in those other groups and, and that's the type of, you know, you want to feed my content to people that are watching that type of content. That's, I, I agree with that. But as far as age gating goes on various social media sites, it's pretty weak. And another big problem with age gating is not the age gating itself it's the fact that it makes your content less discoverable. So like I said in the beginning, where I, you know, the first time I, I looked into vaping, I just went on Google and started searching vaping and YouTube videos started popping up. Well, if those YouTube videos are age restricted, they won't even show up in Google. The only way anyone's ever going to find that video is if they go into YouTube and they look for that content. And uh, it's not like YouTube's algorithm is very, you know, favorable to that content or to uh, when it comes to vaping and they're going to just start serving that new viewer a bunch of vaping content that they think it, they, that viewer wants to watch either. So, I mean, age gating is not a bad thing, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, there's, there's other problems to it. And I think that's part of why a lot of platforms don't even do it. And it speaks to the larger problem, too. We've seen this with FDA, right? When we talk about like, oh, they're teen, you know, anti-vaping campaigns. Well, that doesn't just stay with that audience, right? It bleeds into other audiences. So this idea that you can, again, shield children from seeing any of this. Well, there isn't a way to do that. What you're doing is you're, you're downplaying and you're hiding the content from everyone. So, you know, the fact of the matter is that Matt's content, he wants it to be seen by as many adults who smoke as humanly possible. But when you, so, you know, the idea is more eyeballs means more people, you know, switching to a safer alternative. But when you try to hide it from children, you wind up hiding it from adults as well. And so there's, this doesn't work, right? Just when you try to tell only the children that they shouldn't vape, well, adults are going to see that too. There's no way to separate this stuff out. Yeah. There's one more, there is one more positive to this though. And, every, and you guys will think it's funny and we could end it on this if you want. But uh, I heard from a very trusted source that there are some very well-known anti-tobacco groups who have had their, well, one in particular, who have had their ad campaigns banned from Facebook because they even broke guidelines. <laughs> so <laughs> some there there was an anti-vape campaign that I sure costed a lot of money that, that – uh, got banned and, and restricted and they were forced to pull the ads down and completely change them. So um, at least uh, at least the algorithms aren't just going after the pro vapors that they're even going after the, the anti vapors now. I don't know if maybe they accidentally showed a picture or a video of a kid vaping or something like that. I, I have no clue. I, I, I didn't want to like start a new can of worms here, but I'll just point out briefly that when I watch a vaping video on YouTube, what it suggests that I watch next are things like Jordan Peterson videos and yep. uh, all kinds of right-wing content that I would never watch, but that's what they think I want to see or that's what they want me to see. Yeah. That's, that's wild as well. I, you're not the first person that's told me something similar. Well, I, I think um, that was a good note to, except for the right-wing um, extremist content, but uh, <laughs> other than that, that was a good good note to end on. Um, I would say uh, 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 any other burning questions or, or things to bring up, Matt, is there anything that we didn't pay enough attention to? 
No, I think we covered it all. Um, I would just say, you know, this could be an ongoing issue with multiple YouTubers. So definitely, you know, uh, try to support them, retweet their stuff if it has to do with YouTube. Because one thing that is that I have found in the past is that the more pressure YouTube gets publicly on Twitter and, and other places, they tend to, you know, take action a little bit faster. So it doesn't always work but it has worked quite a few times for me and for others I know. So no matter what YouTuber it is, you know, if they're going through some issues or, or some, you know, what have you uh, retweet their stuff. And, you know, we didn't even, one thing we didn't cover is the fact that there's also glitches now on YouTube where they're giving you duplicates. They've given me like duplicate strikes for the same videos more than once, but that's, you know, that's just another part of how much they suck. So we'll leave it there. (laughs) All right, cool. It's the end of our Twitter space for today. Uh, Join us back here in two weeks. Uh, Somewhere between now and then, we'll figure out who we're going to have on and what we're going to talk about. Uh, Also, uh, August is another month off for the Kassad podcast on Saturdays, but we will be back in September. Uh, I don't exactly know which weekend, but uh, back in September is... Uh, the order for uh, the the podcast. Uh, if you want to catch up on all the podcasts that we've done, you can check us out on SoundCloud. We're also on Spotify. And of course, we have a YouTube channel. Make sure to follow all of our social media accounts. You're here on Twitter with us, but we're also on Facebook and Instagram at Casa Media. Um, and again, Uh, Check out our website for all the resources, news, opportunities to take action at casa.org, C-A-S-A-A. And while you're there, under the resources tab, check out our merch at our store uh, to represent tobacco harm reduction in style. I think I said all the things. Danielle, you're here. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Did I get all the things? You got all the things. Fantastic. And with that, thank you to our uh, panel of board of directors, Matt Cully. Jim McDonald, Danielle Jones, and everybody who showed up to listen. Um, Thank you guys, and we'll see you back here in two weeks.